Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. One of the things we're experts on at Clark.com is helping you save money on streaming television. There's new news I want to share with you today. I also want to tell you about a tool to find out what channels you can watch for my kind of price free, specific to where you live. Also, if you've been thinking of selling your home, the housing market has absolutely slowed down. And Sellers, there's going to be more required of you to get your home sold. If you feel like woulda, coulda, shoulda sold it months ago when people were in a frenzy to buy, don't worry. You're going to do okay anyway. We're going to talk about that in a little while. So streaming TV is moving through the pioneering stage into the settler stage. If you're familiar in the pioneering stage, people are all trying to stake out territory, stake out ground. And in that rush to stake out territory, companies, these huge enterprises, have way overspent on programming. They have, as a result, ended up not being able to make money on their streaming services. And we're going through a shakeout. How the shakeout ultimately plays, who remains strong, who ends up at the top of the heap, who goes extinct, who merges in with somebody else, how it's all going to play, who's first tier, second tier, third tier, that I don't know yet. But other trends are very, very clear. So a lot of players are saying, okay. This isn't working. Our numbers of uh, going broke, losing money to try to get enough subscribers so that we have enough territory in this new streaming game. Well, that was fun while it lasted. Now we're moving to the settler phase, which is let's try to come up with a business that works, a business model that works. Number one, as a viewer, This has been the all-time golden age since you go back to the picture movies, picture shows, pre-talkies 100-plus years ago. I mean, this has been unbelievable. The number of shows that are available, the number of productions in production around the United States and around the world, unprecedented. And so, as a viewer, the ability for you to watch all the content that exists, it's pretty much impossible. You could not watch it all. And so, the numbers, the pie slices are too small. The numbers don't work. 
So the absolute number of shows produced will gradually reduce. And then at the other end, the streaming services are pushing up their prices as best they can. The latest to do so, Disney Plus, is going to this two-tier pricing model that is becoming the rage in the industry. I call it a three-tier pricing model. I'll tell you what the third tier is in a minute. So if you want streaming uninterrupted, no ads, then you're going to pay quite a bit more, a meaningful amount of money out of your budget every month. And the first tier streaming services, which I would say Disney Plus is in, are going to keep testing price points and pushing prices up for their premium customers, which are the ones that don't really care as much about price, don't want to put up with ads, and who knows what the sky is going to be, what that limit is. There is one, don't know what it is yet. And then Disney, like everybody else, is coming out with ad-supported tiers. And think about the word never. You know, one of the things we should never say, and I say never, 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 not ever about certain (laughs) things, one of the things we should never say is never. Netflix said forever that they would never have ads. Now they're scrambling as fast as they can to come out with an ad-supported tier because of the market share they're losing. Netflix is a standalone, uh, doesn't have, they're not part of a huge conglomerate like Disney or Comcast or uh, who else am I missing? Anyway, all the, the big, big, big outfits like Discovery would be one. So they've got to make, their streaming service is a monoline kind of business. They got to make it profitable. So they keep pushing up the rates. And what do people do? They say, well, I'm not watching it that much. And I don't like the program that much. So they're canceling. So now they're coming up as fast as they can with a new ad supported streaming service. And so you're going to see these two tiers. You're going to see as, and I'm oversimplifying, but you're going to see the one for people that are not price sensitive, who want it to be like what they got used to with cable years ago, with HBO, with having all those different HBOs, all commercial free. There's going to be people that want that tier and not really worrying about what it costs. And then there's going to be the rest of us that will put up with ads to get a much lower price point. And then the third tier is all the free streaming services that are ad supported. And I love those. That's my favorite tier. But here's another thing. Depending on your age, you either came of age in a time where the idea of paying for television programming, nobody had ever heard of that. To people who grew up in an era where everybody paid for programming, typically through a cable subscription. Well, now we have a bit of the long ago available again. And that's the ability for you to watch a ton of programming over the thin air using, depending on how far you are from television towers, a simple antenna as cheap as $10 to one that is a really pretty involved antenna that goes in the attic of a home or on the rooftop of a home. And there's a tool that you can use that will help you figure out how many channels you can get where you live 
for free through the thin air. I put in my zip code. I can get 120 channels of programming with a simple antenna. If you go to thefreetvproject.org and put in your zip code or even better, your actual address, it'll show you all the channels that are available, all the programs that are available that you can pick up for nothing with a simple antenna right through the thin air. And the best part is if you get a good signal and you got one of those fancy 4K TVs, you will get a much better signal on that programming on your TV than you do through streaming. And speaking of streaming, the tool that we work so hard to develop can really help you pair your budget for what you pay for streaming. If you look at our streaming tool at Clark.com, and the way it works is you put in what really matters to you, and we show you the cheapest programmer out there for the channels that really matter the most to you. And it's a great way for you to save money in a way, oh, I didn't know about those people. That's a great way to save money. And Krista, I'm really proud of that tool because what I like for us to be able to do is to help individuals make smart decisions with their wallet without being buried in the weeds. That we've done the work of being buried in the weeds and figured it out so that people can make a smart decision. I love it. It's unique. I haven't seen anything anywhere else. And I have a confession to bring to you. Even though it's been on Clark.com and you've talked about it, I had not gone in. I'm a T-Mobile customer and switched my account for Netflix to be free through T-Mobile until yesterday. I finally went in and I've been paying for it. You were paying like $180 a year for what now you don't Um, have to pay for? Yeah. So anyway, you know what? T-Mobile customer. Always, never, never guilt yourself about when you make a decision that makes things cheaper for yeah. yourself. Just be happy that you sure. that you did it. The right time to start is now. Exactly. And I'm going to get... It's like what I always say to people who, say, who guilt themselves, oh, I haven't saved any money yet. You know, today is the day you start doing something different in your life. All right, let's go to some... How was that? Was that good counseling thank to you Krista right thank there you. i appreciate that uh tim in missouri says i've been looking at clark.com and listening to clark for some time now i was very close to switching cell phone carriers to mint mobile however i called mint to find out what the cost per line would be after the 15 dollars a month introductory price and was told it would be 75 dollars a month per line is there a way to secure the 15 dollars a month pricing for a longer contract term okay so Somebody didn't know what they were saying at 75 a month. It's not 75 a month. There is one. I'll pull that up for you on our Mint review. 75? After a year, I think it is. That's after a three-month plan. Um, And then there's six-month and 12-month plans. Okay. So the whole idea of Mint Mobile is everything set up for you to do three-month, six-month, or one-year plans. This is actually what it is for three months right here. So it's 25 a month, not Mm -hmm. 75 a month. So, and once you're on the regular plan, if you weren't in the, um, like the regular monthly price would be 45 and then 40. So yeah, the most expensive monthly price, if you don't have a three month deal is $40 a line. So the idea with Mentho is if you try them for a while, what I like is you use the $15 intro deal to give them a test ride. And if you like them, 
the service has been reliable and all that, and you can afford it, do the one-year purchase. So let's go to the one-year purchase. The most you can pay per month on a one-year purchase works out to be $30 a month. That's yep. it. And so Mint is trying to reduce churn. One of the big problems in the cell phone industry is people who go from company to company to company to company. Big problem for them. So what Mint does is they say, hey, give us the test for three months. You like it, stay. You don't leave. And if you like us, the longer you'll commit to, the cheaper it will be. So the 75 would have bought three Three months. months. Yep. Okay, Kathy in Colorado says, should we respond to class action lawsuits? My family gets a lot of notices about them and we usually ignore them. We don't know if there's an issue and we weren't hurt by the company. Are we missing out? (laughs) Kathy, you're not missing out because usually these notices, these legal notices, I would say almost always are completely legit that you receive. The problem is what you're going to get from them. Now, the last one I got, I love going ahead and and filing to see what I end up getting. The last one, I'm trying to remember what it was for. I got a dollar ten. Now That'd the mailings to me, huh? That almost buy you lunch. No, dollar ten won't buy me lunch. I mean, at Costco, I need a dollar fifty <laughs> plus tax in states where you have to pay sales tax to get the hot dog and drink. So the dollar ten wouldn't even buy me that. You could buy a drink at Costco because they're sixty nine plus tax. But this is an area that really has not worked out for consumers with the class action lawsuits. Worked out well for class action law firms. Has not worked out for consumers. So they're not generally bogus. I'm not aware of any that have been bogus. But don't believe you're ever going to have enough money even to buy a meal for yourself. From Rick in Wisconsin, is it okay to link my credit union account to eBay or Facebook in order to sell items? I'm leery of doing so. Any warnings or advice would be appreciated. And we do get a lot of these about eBay, especially requiring your information. So today, it's so easy to open an online checking account that's fee-free, no minimums. And when they're used for a specialized purpose like we do, uh, there are a lot of people who want to be paid by Venmo or Cash App. I wouldn't use Zelle if somebody had a gun to my head. Anyway, so for Venmo, we have a separate account with just enough play money in it to handle the Venmo transactions so that if the account ends up being attacked by one of these scammers, there's no money really for them to get to. And that's the same idea I recommend when you're asked to link your account to eBay or to Facebook, is the money that really counts for paying your rent or mortgage or car payment or your monthly bills, do not link it to any of these things because the problem with the rules for how these electronic funds transfer rules work is money disappears from your account and then you administratively have to fight to get it back and it's hard to do. The money tends to take a one-way trip. So I hate to talk so negatively about that stuff, but it's just important that you know what the consequences can be. I don't want you to be on one of my TV stories about how you lost a zillion dollars to somebody 
And these are like guardrails you put in your life to protect yourself. So one talk about the housing market next. We only talk about the housing market from the perspective of buyers. I want to do something different. I want to talk about the housing market from the perspective of a seller today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Home sellers have had an opportunity to be lazy over the last couple of years. I mean, you didn't have to get that sign in the yard. As I shared with you a story of a place I sold that the agent's husband was putting the sign in the yard. And before he was back to his truck, someone had already called and bought the property. And that's what the market has been like for sellers for the last few years. Buyers have waived inspections. They've gotten into bidding wars. All this fever pitch, almost like a panic market, drove prices up an extraordinary amount of money, outstripping people's ability to afford homes, and, dare I say, made sellers lazy. All the things historically I've talked about doing to a home to get it ready for sale. I haven't talked about any of that stuff in a few years now because it really didn't matter if there were things that needed repairing. Didn't matter if the roof was too old. Didn't matter if the paint was peeling. I mean, it it just was like there was a house there, somebody was going to buy it, and they were going to pay you too much for it. That is over pretty much everywhere in America. And it's what's interesting about this is real estate until about 15 years ago, 20 years ago, was extremely local. There wasn't a real estate market in the United States. There were basically thousands of little real estate markets across the United States. Today, the difference has only been the degree in the market. Certain places where things got crazy, crazy hot. Think of uh, real estate markets in Idaho, Utah, Austin, Texas, probably the poster child for too hot in the real estate market. I forgot Arizona obviously has had that as well. Arizona has a history that does vary some from the rest of the country where Arizona always is peak valley, peak valley, peak valley. So the question is, what happens to you if you're like, huh, wish I had gotten around to selling when buyers were in a frenzy. Frenzy's over. What do I do now? So what you do now is you go back to the old playbook. You need to be more careful how you price because we're going back to a cycle where if you do overprice up front, You ultimately have your home go stale in the market and you end up with a total net sale for less than if you'd price more realistically up front. Second, 
the curb appeal stuff matters again. Wow, your house needs to look good from the street again. It can't look like a terrible fixer-upper if you're going to try to get as much money for your home as possible. So getting the landscaping, if you have a landscape property, getting that together, things that need repairing that you just, you live in a house, you kind of ignore them. You don't even notice them anymore. You got to take care of those things again. Know that you're not going to have 44 offers with personal notes written to you the first day with pictures of smiling children looking at you. So you'll pick me, pick me instead of those other 43 people. Done. That's over. So all we're doing is we're going back to normal. It's hard for buyers right now. Interest rates were abnormally, artificially low for a number of years because of the manipulations of the financial markets by the Federal Reserve to try to stave off a disaster in our economy and other central banks around the world. And so the mortgage interest rates have been basically artificially held down since 2007. And now we're moving to a more normal market. And so pricing has, as they say in the lingo of the trade, softened. We are not going to have any kind of collapse in pricing because we're still so housing short. But it means you're going to have to stand out from the crowd as a seller and be more realistic and be as flexible as you need to to get a deal done. Krista? Okay, the first question actually has to do with this. It's from Melody, and she says, Hi, Clark, you've mentioned lately that the U.S. has a housing shortage, which will prevent prices from declining dramatically, such as in 2008. I feel like I just said that. (laughs) By shortage, do you mean not enough homes in comparison to the number of families in the U.S.? I ask because here in Wisconsin, about every fifth person has a lake home, a hunting cabin, or a farmhouse in addition to their regular home. All these homes per family in Wisconsin is a high property tax state. I can only imagine the number of homes families may own in states with lower property taxes. Melody, okay, I'm so glad you posed this question, and I think I'm getting to the gist of what you're saying. The second home communities are the ones that there could actually be decline, like meaningful declines in prices. Second home communities do tend to do that Arizona thing I was talking about, where they go up, down, up, down, peaks and valleys. They're the first to go if you have a financial issue. Right, right. Because nobody sweats having to give up their second home. If they're fortunate enough to have a second home, it's the first home that tends to be more stable in value. And when the housing market is going great guns, the prices bid up in the second home market more rapidly, typically, than they do in the first home market. And when the market turns bad, the second home community sees meaningful drops in price because people don't have to hold on to that property. So yes, it is a tradition in Wisconsin and Minnesota and the UP of Michigan that you have to have your cabin or fishing spot or whatever it is. And so they may actually have more than there are people in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and the UP. And it's just how it's 
always been, and these things have been passed down generation to generation. What happened, though, in recent years is there was turnover in ownership with these much higher prices that were available, and that has distorted the market, and it could see decline. But this is true, mountains, lakes, whatever around the country. The only market I don't think that will crater are places immediately on the ocean or right at the ocean. This is from Jake in Idaho. I bought an item on eBay for $120 and never received it. I contacted the seller who updated the tracking information saying the item was delivered. I have a Wisecam doorbell camera and watched the state of delivery time and found no package was delivered. I again contacted the seller sharing this info and received no response. I contacted eBay to ask for a refund. They closed the case within a few hours saying the tracking information said it was delivered. Clark, what do I do now? Okay, so I hope, Jake, you paid by credit card. Because I want you to dispute the charge with your credit card company. $120 is a lot to walk away from. The fact the seller never responded to you is uncool. That eBay just took the seller's word and the the carrier's word that it was delivered, it very easily could have been misdelivered, which happens. You know, um, FedEx, UPS, the Postal Service, they're all overwhelmed. And packages being misdelivered, it's a common thing. We have had a problem repeatedly where packages are being delivered to a similar address to ours a mile and a half from our home. Mm. And we couldn't figure it out because things kept showing that they'd been delivered and we live in a high rise, so they're not being stolen. And then another resident figured out that they were being delivered to a house a mile and a half away and they didn't know what to do with the packages. And so now we've got a system with them, but they keep being misdelivered. So there's likely, Jake, a logical explanation not involving theft since your camera shows no delivery and i would dispute with your credit card company contact ebay again contact the seller again and see if you can't come to a reasonable resolution and i thought this was fun from thomas i walk on my local street across from a golf course on my last walk i found a kirkland signature ball and recognize the name due to your love of Costco. I'm a Sam's Club guy myself. At first I thought I scored, but then it dawned on me that if this brand is so good, as Clark states, why is it so far out of bounds? Oh, I have the answer to that as a non-golfer. The Kirkland Signature Golf Ball is so fantastic that a golfer doesn't realize how far the ball will travel (laughs) when they hit their club on a Kirkland Signature Golf Ball. I don't know. My brothers, who are both golf obsessed, say that the KS golf balls are really good. I don't know. If I played golf, I would go buy those used golf balls. You can buy in bulk, like at Walmart, Mm -hmm. and play with those. So if I lost golf balls, they'd cost me like a quarter instead of a couple of dollars each. But I want to say something to you as a Sam's Club member, Thomas. Sam's Club has woken up. And the quality of the Sam's Club merchandise has really improved in their private label members mark. They knew they had a weakness with private label at Sam's. The quality was really poor. And whoever is in charge of their private label now has responded to the superiority of Kirkland Signature and they are improving members mark. 
And I will tell you, the members mark sheets are superior. What? I'm looking out for a, a lightning <laughs> bolt hit me. They are superior to the Kirkland no. signature sheets, hands down. No way. You're going to have to. You even ask Lane. Okay. They are they are vastly superior in quality so I guess to we, the KS sheets. We know your next dog's going to be named Mark, right? Nope. No? Okay. Nope. Next dog will absolutely be named Aldi. Oh, okay. You know, since Aldi lost our listener contest on social media, 52% to 48%, the, after Kirkland Signature moves the great beyond, our next dog will be Aldi. What do you think? I love it. <laughs> Perfect. So, Thomas, be proud of your Sam's Club private label members, Mark. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope that you've learned something today that you can put to work in your own life or pass it on to someone else. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. <laughs>